This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. Illinois continues to shatter its daily COVID case count with single-day reports clocking in between 9,000 and nearly 11,000 cases in recent days. While everyone's hitting refresh on election results, it can be easy to forget that we're still in the midst of a global pandemic, one that is seemingly getting worse by the day in the U.S. and right here in Illinois. Reset checks in weekly with Dr. Mia Taramina. She's an infectious disease specialist with the DuPage Medical Group. Dr. Taramina, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. This story, I mean, to see the numbers jump like this and obviously not be paid attention to because of what's happening with the election, it's very startling. Oh, absolutely. These numbers are are surging in in ways that are even beyond what what I had estimated. Um, But we are going to continue to see numbers like this for some time to come. So all the surrounding states in the Midwest, too, are reporting some pretty high daily totals. I mean, we had talked about this on the program before, too, that we knew there would be a surge in the winter months. It's earlier than expected. But did you expect it to be this high this early? No, I did not expect it to be this high. I mean, certainly uh, part of it is having uh, so much more testing capacity and availability, but we're not even just looking at positive tests. We're looking at positive case counts, and those individual cases are just absolutely surging. We're, we're feeling it in our hospitals and our healthcare systems. Uh, we're feeling it in the outpatient community as well with the, the surge in phone calls and concerns that we're getting from lots of patients. Do you feel like uh, the, the, the American people are more, um, what do I say, I, I want to say educated, but at least informed when it comes to uh, what to do in these situations uh, to to not just with safe safe social distancing, but when they're sick and and how they respond. Is it different than maybe, say, when it was March, April and May? I think when we were in March, April and May, we were we were stuck with the whole idea that that shutting down for a while could flatten the curve and, and get us to a point where we can resume normalcy. And, and we haven't seen normalcy in many, many months. At this point, everyone knows what needs to be done, but there's a frustration there on the part of the individuals that continue to do, quote unquote, everything right. And we are still seeing the community surge like this. Mm-hmm. So we definitely are having some lapses in uh, using PPE. And we're also having, um, you know, far more things that are open and accessible now than they had been back in March and April. What do we do here? I mean, are we talking about lockdowns? Are we talk I hate to use that word it's so politically charged so I'm sorry I said that but but are we are we looking for um, you know more restrictions are we looking for possible shelter in places I mean the, the kind of things that we are now in the vernacular that we know from the spring you know, I think that that is something that is going to be on the table I don't know how enforce 
it will be or how enforceable it will be. There is a tremendous amount of pushback from small businesses, communities, and people that just can't afford to go black again. And I think because of that, even if a state mandate or a state quarantine was imposed again, I fear that there would be a tremendous amount of pushback from the local communities and the counties in order to not enforce or mandate that. And and we're going to be stuck in this spiral where inevitably we are looking at a surge that's going to be ongoing for the next several months. And, um, you know, the, the only reversal of that is going to potentially be vaccination and and even vaccination is not going to be immediately widespread at all that's that was my next question just about as we look at you know our political leaders were promising vaccinations possibly before the election it did not happen (laughs) uh but if an election got announced or uh, a vaccine got announced tomorrow it would still take some time to ramp up for that to be available for the American people. An incredible amount of time. And in all the vaccine trials, you know, the, the four major vaccines that are approaching uh, emergency use authorization, uh, the timeline keeps getting pushed back. We had heard and we're hopeful for end of November. Now we're hearing more like mid-December into January. Um, but even if we have multiple vaccines approach uh, emergency use authorization simultaneously, we have a significant segment of our population, our 18 and under crowd, that is not going to immediately qualify for these vaccines because there was no studies done uh, Mm. with data being released in that group. So the exact folks that we want to get back to school and everything, we're going to have we're going to have a tough road ahead. Why why is the timeline getting pushed back? What is it? What problems are, are people running into when it comes to a vaccine? You know, and one of the main things that the FDA is required is that we have 60 days minimum of data points uh, in these phase three trials. So tens of thousands of patients that have received vaccine need to have progress and um, where they're at 60 days after vaccination. So you have to have the appropriate number of patients and the appropriate number of days and data points. So that's what, what we're kind of hinging on right here. And we know that um, Pfizer and Moderna are probably uh, two that are slightly ahead of the um, other two uh, vaccine companies, AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson. And and again, every time I listen, it, it seems like it's it's close, it's close, but it's just, just out of reach so far. So hopefully soon. Dr. Mia Taramina is our uh, infectious disease expert here on Reset. She's with DuPage Medical Group. Uh, so much to talk about when it comes to the pandemic and COVID-19. Appreciate you joining us. Absolutely, Justin. Thanks. For more Reset interviews, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating. That helps other listeners find us. For more about the program, you can head over to the WBEC website or follow us on Twitter at WBEC Reset. That's it for Reset this Sunday. I'm Justin Kaufman. Join us tomorrow, Monday, starting at 11 o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.